Thank you, Lord. Come on, church. Can we just thank him for his love in this place tonight? Come on, I'm not pushing you or edging you on, but he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy of more than we could ever give him. Lord, I proclaim and ask, Lord, that we would not leave this place today, Lord, without saying that we've given you all, all that we can give you, Lord. Lord, I didn't just come on a Wednesday night just to do something, Lord, but I came on a Wednesday night because I want to corporately come into your house and honor and bless you and lift you up and let you know what you're worthy of in my life. Let you know how much I thank you for all you've done in my life. Let you know for all that you brought me through, I thank you, Jesus. I might be going through some trials and situations, but you've always brought me through. And I'm not going to let it weigh me down in my praise unto you, Lord. Lord, I've come just to give you praise. I've come just to bless your name. I lift you up. You're worthy to be exalted, Lord. You're worthy of all I have to give you, Lord. Lord, let us just release our praise in this house to you tonight, God. Let your glory fill this place, Lord. Let your glory fill this place, Lord. Have your way in this house. Have your way in this house. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this house.
Just continues to play. Just continue to worship him in this place tonight. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Yeah. Thank you, God. Anybody else sense him in this room tonight? Anybody else? You sense his presence in this place tonight. He's here. Don't let him pass you by tonight. So many people have missed out on the promise, have missed out on a healing, have missed out on something because they let him pass them by. Sometimes I think just being human, because I'm human too, have a lower expectation of a Wednesday night for some reason than a Sunday morning. God is here.
God is always here. God is wherever you are. A lot of times the reason God doesn't move is because we don't expect him to. Because we don't have an expectation of what he can do. A lot of times we sit in the same situation, in the same trials, because we don't have an expectation that God can change it. But he can A lot of times we just think, well, he'll do it eventually. No, no, no. God, God is an instantaneous God. Also. When the woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched him, it was instantaneous. She didn't have to wait. She didn't have to go to the doctors and get checked to see if it happened. It was instantaneous. She would have never got that healing. If she would have just stayed in the crowd and let him pass by. He was there. She said, I'm not going to let him pass by. I'm going to get a hold of God. I want to get a hold of his robe. I want to get a hold of Jesus' garment. And tonight I just challenge you, don't let him pass you by. He's here. He's in our midst. But are you just going to stay in the crowd and watch him pass by tonight? Or are we going to reach out and touch his garment? Are we going to reach out and get a hold of Jesus tonight? Get a hold of his spirit tonight? And I just challenge you to do that tonight. Can we just lift our hands? Not because I'm telling you, if you do that, that's not going to have any impact. But if you do it from your heart tonight, can we just lift our hands from, from our hearts? And just ask God to have his way. Just just reach out and touch him. Reach out and proclaim what you need tonight. God, you are not a little God. You are a great God. You are an awesome God. You are the ruler of all things. And God, we were created by you. You know us better than we know ourselves, Lord. Lord, I just ask that tonight we would not just be complacent, Lord, with just another service, with just another moment of worship and word. Lord, we would reach out with a passion and a desire. Not not to touch your hand, Lord. Lord, your hand can do so many great things for us. But Lord, we want to seek your face, Lord, just as this song says. Lord, we want to search after you, Lord. It says in your word that if we will search for you, we will find you. And Lord, so many times we don't find you because we're not looking for you. Because we just go about our day and we allow ourselves to just forget that you're even there, Lord. Lord, if we can't search for you in here, how can we search for you out there? God, I just pray, Lord, I'm just... Lord, this has nothing to do with anyone else even in this room. Lord, just you and me. I'm just so desperate for more of you, God. Lord, I'm just so unsatisfied, Lord, with where I'm at in my relationship, in my closeness with you, God. God, I want more of you. I don't want more of an emotional experience, Lord, but I want more of you. Lord, to know you more. Lord, to let your heartbeat be my heartbeat, Lord. To let your mindset be my mindset. To let your thoughts be my thoughts, God. So that I can can be an impact, Lord, to this 
community, to this region, to this world, Lord. Not for my sake, not for my name, but for your glory, for your kingdom. To see lives touched and changed, Lord. Lord, let us be desperate, Lord, to go out to make impact in this region, God. Lord, it starts in here. It starts in this place, Lord. It starts when we can come together corporately and expect great things, expect you to move, expect you to save our family members, expect you to save those around us. Lord, not just hope that it happens, but pray about it. Seek your face for it, Lord. Be desperate, Lord, for those that don't know you to come to know you. Lord, I ask it be done in your name, Lord. Can we just take another moment and just just get lost in his presence and in his glory tonight? Oh, yes, Lord. I glorify and bless your holy name, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father.
There's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace. So lift our hearts toward him one more time tonight. Father, we thank you for your presence. Oh, what manner of love the Father hath given unto us that we should be called the sons, the daughters of God. We thank you for this privilege tonight. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, that we, mankind, you have given the privilege to serenade the heavens. So tonight, God, we give our praise. We lift our voice give our worship tonight that it be pleasing and honoring in your sight that you be lifted up and glorified in the earth we thank you for it jesus name amen amen praise god god is awesome isn't he hallelujah ushers are going to wait upon us for a continual worship tonight so as you prepare your hearts for giving and continue to worship the lord let's bless the lord in your giving tonight is the cutoff night for us helping with the mission project with the children and so if you haven't got a chance to um, get some things for the boxes if you would like to just designate monies toward that uh, we'll be happy to go and get those things on your behalf just uh, signify that in your giving tonight and we'll make sure that that'll happen for you amen ushers would you come this evening Father, thank you for the privilege tonight that we have to worship you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. As we pour out our gifts tonight upon you, we pray that it be pleasing and honoring in your sight, that you will always be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you and your giving. you for your worship tonight we've been talking about the offspring of the spirit and we're going to uh, continue to do so on tonight Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 22 starting in verse 22 through 25 uh, as you turn there tonight let me just say real quickly um, that uh, we have the past few years Anyways, uh, taking the Wednesday night off before Thanksgiving, we'll be doing so again this year. And so uh, we'll not be having service on next Wednesday night. All right. We will be here on the following Sunday and then back on Wednesday after that. All right. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Can you say amen? And so we're going to talk tonight about the offspring of the spirit. And in fact, we're going to be talking about the three different parts of this, but we're going to talk about the first part on tonight. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Now we ask you now that your word not return into your void, but it accomplish everything that it's been sent to do. We give you praise and thanks for it in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Understanding the setting is uh, important to the impact of a text because it helps you to understand the environment in which the words were spoken in. Uh, The words of John chapter 15 took place uh, in the conclusion of the Last Supper. Uh, These were among the final moments that Jesus had with his disciples And uh, because of shortly after that, he would go on to uh, not be with them in the natural any longer. Uh, We see that there is this uh, last attempt to convey some profound information that is important for them to understand. Jesus is about to exit the stage and he is trying to get his disciples something that is going to concrete the kingdom of God into the earth. And he, with that thought and with that uh, concept and with that atmosphere, he begins here in John chapter 15 and verse 1. And he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, and every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that he beareth fruit, he uh, purgeth it, and that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, and as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abideth in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches, and he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, For without me, you can do nothing. Amen. How many know tonight without him, we are nothing. Amen. You you can look here at these scriptures and you can talk about uh, that um, process of reproduction because it was a highly concern of Jesus that he reproduced himself in the earth. This is his desire before he steps off of the stage called earth and goes back to the father. He is wanting to reproduce himself in the earth to um, be fruitful. But before Jesus mentions reproducing fruit, he addresses the relationship. After all, you can't reproduce without a relationship. Uh, Where there is no relationship, there is no fruit. And so if a woman is pregnant, it's not because that that she's just friends, but there's more than friendship going on there. 
And so it, you don't just, you know, say, talk about it, but you know that something has happened. And, and people say, well, I don't know uh, how it happened. Well, I know how it happened. Don't know why it happened, but I know how it happened. Because out of a relationship produces fruit. Amen. Out of that relationship, uh, there is conception. And a man cannot reproduce alone. Neither can a woman reproduce alone. But there must be a coming together. There must be a union. There must be a relationship before fruit can be produced. We must connect to Christ. Jesus deals with relationship first and says that I am the vine and you are the branches. He wants you to understand that you must have a place in him before you can produce for him. And when you have that place in him, it is then that you will produce for him. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. And no more can you ex- except you abide in me. He says, I am, the bran- I am the vine, you are the branches, and he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And no, no amount of planning, no amount of, of restless activity, no amount of, of efforts can produce fruit. It is that of a relationship that produces fruit. And so uh, thank God that we've been grafted into the vine. We've been grafted in. Grafted means to be meshed in, to tied in, to knotted together until the cells become as one. In order for there to be a grafting, there must be a cutting. Amen. I said, in order for there to be a grafting, there must first be a cutting. And that is where we see Jesus on the cross. They thrust the spear into his side and they cut him and blood and water came forth, right? The blood and water represents birth. The church was birthed out of his side. When he cried, Father, it is finished. He established in the earth what the Father had sent him into the earth to do. And that was to establish a church, a bride, if you will, the body of Christ in the earth. And from that side being uh, cut, there we were grafted into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. We are now sons and daughters of God. Because there was a cutting, because there was a, a, a union that was that day, we were grafted in, we were knotted, we were knitted, we were become as one with Christ. And now he tells us, behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the sons and the daughters of God, if you will. And so we understand this. We, we all, have, we have, uh, to, all we have to do is stay connected to the vine. Stay hooked up to the vine. And the vine supplies the branches with what it needs. If you stay connected to the vine, then whatever's in the vine will get in the branches. Amen. If healing is in the vine, then it's going to flow into the branches. If strength is in the vine, if wisdom is in the vine, If gentleness, goodness, faith, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, if it's in the vine, amen, but my God shall supply all of my needs. 
You see, while we are connected, while we're grafted in, everything that is in the vine will go in, flow into the branches and will produce and give us, not only will we produce fruit, but will supply everything that we need in our lives. Amen. The husbandman, the father, has one objective, and that is to get fruit. The branches that bear no fruit, he takes away. He removes the barren, dead limbs, and then he burns them. And even the branches that bear fruit, the Bible said he prunes them. And so that they will bring forth more fruit. In verse 8, herein the Father glorified in that ye bring forth much fruit. So sometimes there's a pruning, right? No one likes this discipleship. No one likes discipline, correction. People leave when pastor starts trimming the bushes. Huh? Amen. They go on to other things and God calls them somewhere else. Uh, it's amazing how God calls during times of pruning. But you, you, you see, we, we lose some people because they're not willing to be disciplined. They're not willing to be discipled. They're not willing to follow the pruning process so that they can be all, do all, and accomplish all that God has ordained for them to be. I don't enjoy the pruning process, but I enjoy what it brings in my life. Amen. What it produces in me. And you see, we're all better because of God's pruning process in our life. We're all better because he knows, as I talked the other week, he knows what to cut off and knows what to leave alone. Amen. And so uh, what sometimes, you, you know, you never hear people hardly ever pray, God, make me better. Most folk want to pray, God, make me bigger. But there aren't too many people praying, God, make me better. Because the better causes there to be a pruning process that will take away from us some things sometimes that we don't even think we can live without. But the truth of the matter is, is God knows that, that we need those things removed from our life so that whatever can be shaken shall be shaken. So whatever cannot be shaken shall remain, right? Hebrews tells us. And so he's saying there's a pruning, there's a shaking, there's a cutting, there's a shifting taking place. And don't worry about that that is gone because you really didn't need that anyways. But what is left after the pruning process. Have you ever seen folks prune trees? Amen. It's ugly. Right? Whenever I've seen folks prune trees and you know, cut them back. But dear God, that thing will never grow. <laughs> they may as well just cut it down, used it for firewood because there ain't nothing left of that thing. But in the springtime, it causes those new branches to begin to produce and come out. And, and, and before long, you know, a year or so, it, begin, it produces something more beautiful than it ever was before. And God is wanting to produce something more beautiful within us than he ever has been in our lives. But we've got to trust him with the pruners. We've got to trust him to cut away what needs to be cut away. So that you, you'll, because you'll never bear fruit by running away. 
You, you have to move, you, if you move the plant around too much, it's going to stun its growth and will never see the fullness of its potential. And some haven't grown because they've never stayed at a place where the pruning process can be completed in their life. Amen. There's no fruit because we've not stayed to where the pruning process can take place. It is the fruit of the Spirit. These nine things are different components, but of the same Spirit. This is not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit that has different components, but it's the same Spirit that gives all nine fruits, right? It's like a... It's like an, excuse me, an orange that has nine different sections to it, but it's the same orange. It's like a body that has many different members, and even though that they're different, it's part of the same body. And so either you have them all or you don't have any at all. Amen. So any way you want to say it, you, you say, I have faith, but, but I don't have temperance. That can't be true. Now, you may not have taken and exercised that gift. And one gift may be more relevant in your life or more, more uh, uh, real in your life or more apparent in your life. But when you receive the Spirit, you receive all the nine fruits of the Spirit. And so you can't have one and not have the other because they're all the self-same Spirit that gives the fruit, Right? So it's up to us to take our lives and yield them to God so that all of these fruits will be effective and be evident within our life. Now, just like the, the gifts of the Spirit, the, the fruit of the Spirit can be divided up into three different groups. You know, the inner court, the outer court, and the Holy of Holies. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, soul, and body. The triune of God, right? And the fruit of the Spirit can be divided up that same way as the gifts of the Spirit can be divided up. And so, we're going to look at those on different nights. Tonight, I want to talk about the atmosphere. Because the atmosphere talks about love, joy, and peace. Then you have the attitude of the Spirit. It has long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. And then I want to talk about the attributes of the Spirit. And the attributes of the Spirit are faith, meekness, and temperance. All right? Uh, Tonight I want to talk about love, joy, and peace. These uh, things control your atmosphere. Atmosphere has everything to do with what you're able to produce. I've told you before, but we don't grow oranges in West Virginia because the atmosphere is not conducive for it, right? You can have an orange tree in your yard and and the thing will bloom and it will even produce oranges. But the the season, the atmosphere is not conducive for, for the longevity of a summer for the oranges to ripen and mature and enjoy the fruit. And so what we have to do is that we have to, if we don't like the atmosphere, then we have to change the atmosphere. 
And that's what the Spirit of God, we're talking about the offspring of the Spirit. And that's what the Spirit of God comes to do. It comes to create an atmosphere of love, joy, and peace so that the will of the Father can produce fruit in your life. All right? And so these things control your atmosphere. Some people have a terrible atmosphere. They look at you like, you know, they're bored with you. They can't work with people. They're everywhere they go, they cause chaos and confusion. And you can tell the telltale sign of of someone who has a problem with atmosphere is when everyone else is wrong but them. Been married six times. And it's always somebody else's fault. Huh? When you ain't you ain't got you know, you ain't got nobody who wants to be your friend. No one wants to come over to your house. No one wants to go to you, you, you it ain't everybody else, baby. Right? Sometimes you got to say it's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh God. I need to change the atmosphere over my life. Because if there ain't nobody wanting to hang with you and you have problems, nobody wants to be your friend. You know, even animals are repelled by certain sin. And maybe you're just putting off the wrong sin. Maybe, maybe it, is, it is something that, 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 that's wrong with the atmosphere. So if, if we aren't seeing that in our lives, if we're not producing what we want to produce, maybe we should look at the gift of, of, of the fruit, excuse me, of the spirit and the atmosphere that it produces and where the, the fruit of the spirit is will always produce an atmosphere of love. We sung about the father's love tonight. Do you see the father's love is not the love that a man possesses. Because all that we are capable of doing is loving those who love us, right? And, and we, we love, you know, the love between a husband and a wife or a love between a parent and a child. But Luke 6 and uh, 32 said, if you love them that love you, what thanks, uh, thank have you? But he said, for sinners love those that love them. In other words, he is saying here, if that's all you do is love somebody that loves you, you're just reciprocating love. He said, even the lost man's able to do that. But we're talking about going beyond the natural realm of us being able to love. And we're talking about the spirit that produces the fruit of love in our life that creates an atmosphere that we are able to love beyond the natural and the supernatural love of Christ resonates in our life and creates an atmosphere that they say they want to know the God that has this kind of love. Amen. Because you see, whenever you love someone that doesn't deserve it, when you love somebody that's not showing you love, it messes them up. Amen. But we can't do that on our own. It's not natural for us to love somebody that doesn't love us. We may try to show them love And if if Pastor Jamie don't accept my love, then I just say he's a devil. Huh? And and he don't deserve it, and I'm just going to leave him alone. And he's going to leave me alone, and we're going to be happy. 
But the love of the spirit says, I'm going to love him even when he doesn't deserve to be loved. I'm going to show him not my love, but Christ's love through me. I'm going to create an atmosphere of love so that the gift of God can work and salvation can come to his heart. Right? Amen. I'm going to get him saved before the night's over. Amen. John John 4 and 8 said, God is love. It don't say he has love. It says he is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't, uh, does not pardon itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. He goes on to say, love never fails. Suffers long, suffers long. You don't quit. You don't give up on them, right? You don't give up on your family. You don't give up on those folks. You're not easily offended by their rejection. Kind. Don't tell me you love me. And then act ugly to me. Oh, I love you, but you're a dog. No, that ain't the way it works. If you love me, you're going to show the kindness to me. Come on. He envieth not. It doesn't begrudge. It doesn't, it's not envious. Maybe the reason we haven't received is because you don't rejoice with them that rejoice. We've got to learn how to rejoice with our brother and sister, right? It says to, that we are to esteem others above ourselves. It isn't puffed up. It's not overspoken. It's not arrogant. It's not something that's uh, a flattering ego. But it is something that, that understands that we prefer our brother. We prefer our sister. Amen. And not puffing up of ourselves. It does not behave unseemly. It doesn't show off. It is balanced. It seeks not its own. It doesn't demand that I be first. It's not easily provoked. It didn't say it couldn't be provoked. It said it's not easily provoked. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. It isn't glad when someone falls. It isn't glad when someone doesn't doesn't do what they need to do. It bears all things. If God sends it, then you'll be able to bear it. May not like it or understand it, but you'll be able to bear it. Believe, believeth all things. It's positive. It's not negative. It's not, you know, I don't know if it's, but it believes all things. Well, I've heard that before. I thought it was going to happen, but you got to believe. The love causes you to believe. That it is going to happen. It's positive in its thinking. It hopes all things. Always hopeful. Endures all things. Regardless of the circumstances. It endures. Right? Love never fails. I've never seen the love of God give up on one person. The love of God has never failed one single person. That has responded to his love. And when he comes in. You can love anyone. 
Matthew 5 and verse 43. You have heard it has been said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I have said, love your enemies and bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Love those who hate you. I can't hate you because you hate me. I've got to love you. I may have to back off to love you. But I got to uh, the love of God will help me. Right? To love you. You can't be hating and say the love of Christ dwells in us. For John 13 and verse 34 he commanded us to love. A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know, huh? That you are my disciples. Not that you can prophesy. He didn't say anything about the gifts. He didn't say, they'll know you're my disciples because you're talented, because you're gifted. Because you can prophesy, because you have the, these gifts, he says, but they'll know you, not because of your ability, your gifts, but what? Of your love. Because you have love one for another. That's how they'll know that you're my disciples. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, he said, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but not love, I have become sounding brass and a king. Uh, clanging symbol. And though I have a gifts of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Golden bells were sewed on the priest's garments. But between every bell that would clang would be a pomegranate. It was said that there was the nine bells and there was the nine pomegranates. And between each of the bells would be a pomegranate so that the bells would not clang together. Because that the, the fruit that would be in between the gifts would bring balance to it. But he says here, be careful because if you only have the gifts, but you don't have the fruit, you'll just be a, a loud noise. You'll be a clanging symbol. You'll be making a bunch of noise, but you won't be able to produce anything. And so he says, it's not enough just to have the gifts of the spirit. You need the fruit of the spirit, amen, to bring balance to this thing. And so it becomes a, a, a tinkling brass and a sounding cymbal. It's just a racket. And all your giving, all of your benevolence, all of your sacrifice, all of your labor. He said all of these things, it is nothing if you don't have love. Right? He said without all of this, the miracles, the gifts of the spirit, all of this. He said if you don't have love, it's all a big zero. You don't have nothing. And so we need love. Let's say we need love. Let's say it a little louder. We need love. Amen. 
We need this atmosphere of love. People should come on this parking lot and feel the love of Christ. They should work, walk in this building and not feel condemnation, but they need to feel the love of Christ. Amen. As we're worshiping and as we're preaching the word and all of the ministry that goes on, it is not to bring condemnation. It is to create an atmosphere of love, joy, and peace. Amen. Whereby the presence of the Father can sweep down upon them, wrap his arms of love around them, and let them know that he really does care about them. Amen. The second one is joy. It means to delight or gladness or cheerful. And many are killing themselves for joy. They have drinking for delight, smoking to settle their nerves, and all of these things are going on in the natural, but they can't get joy. But there's three cheers of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, a man is sick of a palsy that is brought on a cot in verse number 12. And Jesus says, be of good cheer. Thy sins are forgiven you. He tells him in Matthew chapter 14, the disciples were on the sea and the storm was tossing them to and fro. And in verse 27, he says to them, be of good cheer. It is high. Be not afraid. Amen. And so the first cheer of God is that of salvation. The second cheer of God or Jesus is that of being free from fear. And then John chapter 16 and verse 33. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome them. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Amen. Joy is often confused with happiness, but there aren't, uh, they're not the same. We've, we've talked about this before, but each one comes from a totally different source. One comes from the world and what is around me, and the other comes from this gift, amen, of the, of the Spirit of God that produces the fruit of joy in my life. Happiness is that condition that is dependent upon what is happening to me and around me. If my happiness depends upon the behavior of other people. It is dependent upon how people treat me. It's dependent upon a sequence of events that take place in my everyday life or the circumstances that I'm faced with in my life. And these are what's going to determine if I am happy or not. Happiness is wrapped up in your environment and the surroundings. But the problem with that environment and surroundings is constantly changing in our world. And so even though we may be happy today, does not promise us we'll be happy tomorrow. Right? Because it's constantly changing and shifting in our lives. You see, it it is always changing. That which is beautiful today will fade tomorrow. That which is flexing today will, will begin to slow down tomorrow. Those things that are bright today will dim in the future. Our hearing fails. Our memories are faltering. But today, success and superstars will be replaced But tomorrow by somebody that's upcoming 
coming and rising. Everything is constantly changing. But joy, on the other hand, is is something that has been given to me by God. Amen. Even though that there are pitfalls and problems and failures and disasters that come my way, joy is derived from this gift that is not shackled to circumstances, but is dependent upon my relationship with the vine. And as long as I'm connected to the vine, the Spirit of God will bring the joy no matter what the circumstances are in my life. And I will know even in the midst of chaos, in the midst of shifting sand, in the midst of trouble of my life, I can still have the joy of the Lord, which brings me strength in every situation. Amen. And so no matter how unpredictable people may prove to be, how exhausting circumstances are, how crushing things may be in our life, it does not determine whether I'm going to have joy or not. I still have joy because it's found in the ground of Jesus. Psalm 16 and 11 said, In your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength, Nehemiah 8 and 10. So it is that strength that we need. We talked some about it Sunday, but that joy is in the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. This joy remains. People come and people go. Wealth is comes and, and, and it goes. But the joy of the Lord remains. First Peter 1 and 8 said, Joy, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. John 15 and 11, These things I have spoken unto you, that your joy might be remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Amen? And then he tells us we have love, we have joy, and then we have this hope. Amen? Because you see, hope, for those who are suffering. We have joy, we have hope, we have belief that things are going to turn around. In Psalms 126 and verse 5, they that sow in tears will reap in joy. He that go forth bearing precious seed shall doubtlessly come again with rejoicing and bringing his sheaves with him. Isaiah 61 and 3, he'll give you beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. Psalms 30 and 5. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh. Joy cometh. Amen. Joy cometh. And when you look and you look at the, the, uh, these scriptures... And you see in the Hebrew, you see that E-T-H on the end. It means it's an ongoing thing. He cometh. He loveth. It means that it's not just a one-time thing, but it's perpetual in its process. It's continuing. It, it, come, it came, but it's still coming. Joy cometh in the morning. Hallelujah. And morning is not determined by 6 o'clock in the morning or 5.30 in the morning. It's not talking about daybreak. It's talking about revelation in your heart. 
Because the revelation of God's word will illuminate, praise God, even the darkest season of your life. And that's the reason why that the Bible says that the enemy is chained in the outer darkness. It is not talking about the night seasons, the only time the enemy can work. It means where there's not revelation or understanding of a thing, the enemy can taunt you. If you don't have a revelation that he's a healer, he can work in that area and keep on making you sick and think it's God doing it. But when you understand that he has sent his word and he has healed you, baby, darkness does, uh, is come to an end. The light has shone in your situation. It may be one o'clock in the morning, but if you get that revelation at one o'clock in the morning, that dark season is over and joy has come into your life. Amen. And so it is that joy of the Lord that co- it keeps coming. Acts 13 and 52, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Romans 14 and 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and meeting, right? Or eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. My time's getting away. Psalms 98 and 4, make a joyful noise unto the Lord in all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice in singing and praising. Psalms 47 and 1, oh, clap your hands, all your people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Now I'm coming to the third one, peace, freedom from disturbance, a state of tranquility, rest and calm. This is the atmosphere of the spirit. Brings tranquility. It brings rest. It brings a calmness. Have you ever walked into a place and you just felt uneasy? You, 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 you can go into to some people's house and you can, and you know, and whenever I used to evangelize and, and, and have to stay in folks' houses and you could go into some houses and just lay down and go to sleep and just be at peace. And other, other places you would just wrestle all the time you were there. This, but the love of God, the peace of God comes through the gift of the fruit of the spirit that brings this atmosphere of peace where the, the weary find rest. In the world, peace is regarded as one of the super unattainable things that you can hope for, but you never can occupy. But it is the fruit of the Spirit that brings peace into your life. That what millions of people cannot obtain on their own, the Spirit of God can bring to your life. Jeremiah 14 and 19, we look for peace, but no good came. Isaiah 48 and 2 said, there is no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. The good news is he that is He is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9 and 6 said he came bearing peace. The angels announced his mission in Luke 2 and 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 1 Corinthians 1 and 3. This salutation appears in a particular all of the epistles. He said grace be unto you 
and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5 and 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It was his peace that touched us. It was his peace that transformed us. It was his peace, amen, that came to us and changed our lives. And we see throughout all of scripture, it was the peace of God that came to a tax collector. It came to a, pro- a prostitute. It came to a, a, a cussing fisherman. It came to all kinds of people. It turned James and John, the son of, uh, sons of thunder, into the apostles of God. You see, when that peace of God come into their life, it changed them radically forever. And that's what the world needs today, my brothers and sisters. They need not the peace of this world because the peace of this world is fading and fleeting. But it is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That even in the midst of turmoil, you can know that my Redeemer does live. And I stand and rest in Him and know that He has given me perfect peace. Amen. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Psalms 29 and 11, the Lord will bless his people with peace. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Philippians 4 and 7, peace that passes all understanding. Have you ever had a peace come to you that you couldn't figure out? In the natural, you should be frustrated. In the natural, you should be overwhelmed. In the natural, you should be just losing it. But somehow, right in the middle of it, the fruit of the Spirit is evident in your life. The offspring of the Spirit brings you a peace and a calm that even though you don't know how you're going to get out of it, even though you don't know how it's going to turn out, you don't know what's going to come of it, you just got a peace. And only the Holy Spirit can do that for you. (laughs) I said only the Holy Spirit can do that for you. But he can give you that peace right in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. And so we're talking about creating this atmosphere. Pastor Jamie, just come and play for me a minute. I don't know how we'll end tonight, but uh, just understand this atmosphere of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. God wants to create this atmosphere not only in the church. It ought to be evident in the church, right? But he wants it to be evident in our lives. Where we go into the marketplace and they sense that love, joy, and peace. God didn't save you. He didn't send his son, Jesus Christ, so you could go around looking like you brush with a dill pickle and gargle with vinegar. Amen? He didn't save you and he didn't go through all and pay all the price so we could be depressed and suicidal all of our lives come on somebody but he paid the price so we could have the fruit of the spirit that would produce an atmosphere everywhere we go of love joy and peace and where that atmosphere is produced then father God can touch even the most vile and wicked person and turn their life around. Hallelujah. I want to be used to him in that way. Don't you? 
I want to be a, a, a person of, of atmosphere that creates atmosphere wherever I go. I know all of us have down days. All of us have our troubled times. I understand that. But I also understand that this, the power of God and the gift of God and the fruit of God is more powerful than what we go through. What we're dealing with presently. And he can produce through us if we'll just stay connected to the vine. It's not up to me to produce it. It's up to me to stay connected to it. And everything that's in the vine will flow through me. And I'll create that atmosphere that his glory can be revealed. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me just for a moment?